0: I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What's up, what's up? New week, new opportunity to get better than yesterday. I'm Jake Thompson of Compete Every Day, and I am so Glad you're here this week. I'm excited we are cranking in to episode 20 of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Whether you're new to the show or you've been with us all 20 episodes, I'm excited to kick off this week. I'm excited you're here and you are passionate about competing to be better than yesterday. This week I get to welcome in a longtime friend, Shama Hyder. She's an author, entrepreneur, international keynote speaker, and the founder of the Marketing Zen Group. She founded the agency back in 2009 and was one of the first 2,000 people on Twitter. She's written a number of books, including The Zen of Social Media Marketing, uh, which came out this past fall in its fourth edition, as well as she wrote Momentum, how to propel your marketing and transform your brand in the digital age. For all that talk about social media and online business, We barely touch the surface of it as we really get into her upbringing, how she grew up, her mindset to compete with herself. She was not one that was into sports. Uh, she, she, She laughs that she's not coordinated at all for sports, but she always had the drive to compete with herself and put herself in situations where she was essentially forced to level up and keep improving on what she had done. So today is a fascinating interview. I think you're going to get so much out of it. Let me welcome to the show, Shama Hyder. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm joined with Shama. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good, good to, glad to be here. <laughs> uh,
0: we've had some technical difficulties this morning, but uh, we are up and running now. Uh, before we dive into present day and just talking about everything you're doing now, give everyone kind of a background, a little bit of a background on who you are, uh, how you got started being a thought leader and one of the leading uh, individuals and leaders in the online business space dating back to when you were in grad school.
1: <laughs> it's definitely been an interesting journey, as I think a lot of entrepreneurial journeys tend to be. I uh, didn't really plan to be an entrepreneur or go this route. I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin, have a master's in organizational communication and technology, and did my thesis on Twitter when it had about, about 2,000 users. <laughs> <laughs> so, very early days. And, uh, you know, got out, thought I would really, this field is amazing, except realized that the field I was referring to really didn't exist because the social media industry itself was so new, right? Eight, nine years. I mean, really it's a very, um, infant industry. And so in that way had, I guess, two choices go a complete different direction and take a job in, in something, um, established, right. Or sort of break ground and start my own company and, uh, in some ways help establish the industry and field.
0: Yeah, and and you've you very much put your fingerprints on the industry uh, in a number of ways. I mean, your, your Marketing Zen group has grown incredibly well. Uh, and you started that in 2009 or 10?
1: Uh, 2009, yeah. Okay. It's amazing to think that in our first year alone we grew. Um, Four hundred percent. So we've we've had a very interesting trajectory, um, and have just grown fast and, and grown, um, you know, grown in a lot of ways too. I don't think you know. I think a lot of times people think about business, they only think about employee numbers or revenue numbers, but I think just as important is sort of um, you know cash flow, profitability, making sure that you you know uh, that you're running a company on sort of your terms. So yeah, I mean, we we really. Uh, made progress on a lot of fronts.
0: You know, on that same note, I know y'all have grown rapidly, but one thing I found unique when we talked is your team's only about 30 deep. Uh, so you, it's not like you have 100 employees currently on your team with this greatly accelerated growth. How have you been able to, from a leadership standpoint, manage that accelerated trajectory while still keeping the business lean enough to handle all of the clients successfully but not to where it's a bloated company which tends to happen when people start making money and growing they're like oh, we need everybody on board
1: yeah i think in some ways we've been very smart um and what i mean by that is you know for me it's always been i, I approach business sort of differently i'm very much an editor i feel like it's the iterative process like it's not perfection i want progress And I'm a big efficiency person. Like, I I hate meetings that are pointless. I think so many are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, in our company, we really limit them. I mean, unless we absolutely have to have a meeting, we don't. I mean, you know, we strategize on client things, and everything is very sort of goal-driven, and, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? But I just, uh, so, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm not a fan of inefficiencies. I'm not a fan of red tape. And so we have very little of both in the company. And I think we run very efficiently. And we're also virtual, so I think that, believe it or not, I know some companies um, may disagree, but, like, our virtual environment has always been a huge asset to us um, in, in helping, you know, in keeping our employees productive. Like, I'll have people say, "No, you know, I'm so much more productive when I work from home than when I'm in the office and I get caught up in this and that. And, I mean, imagine our entire company sort of run that way. <laughs> so... You know, I, I think for us, especially as a digital agency with what we do, having clients all over the world, it just works really well.
0: And, and how how spread out is your team? How many countries, cities, and countries is your thirty uh, employees in?
1: All over the U.S., we have our employees are all over the U.S. and our clientele is global. So our clients are really across the board. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, uh, You and I got to talk uh, at Social Media Marketing World briefly, but I love how you've built not only your business but your personal brand because they, they help each other grow. So when you're out speaking, it obviously is building the brand of Marketing Zen Group um, and your other work with your books and vice versa. Did you always go into it with the idea that you would have your own personal brand standalone almost as its own business in addition to Marketing Zen Group? Um, Or did it just start to evolve that way the more successful uh, you became with Marketing Zen Group as well as growing your uh, brand online?
1: Yeah, so I'd say it's been a combination in the sense that when I first started the company, I didn't think that I would have two brands. And I have multiple companies and so, um, but my personal brand, right, the speaker, author, um sort of brand ambassador that that brand aside from running the digital agency brand, so I didn't think that 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 wasn't something I foresaw <laughs> <laughs> and uh. Funnily enough, as soon as that started taking off though, I've always treated them as distinct brands. Recognizing that there's overlap there, of course, because it's, you know, my primary function is founder and CEO of Marketing Zen. Um, but treating them as its own. So, you know, I have some staff that overlaps, but then others that are completely dedicated to that. Um, because it is, it's its own business, right? I do, I work with certain brands, creating content for them, being a brand ambassador. I've done stuff with AT&T and and Verizon and Chase Business. Um, anyone who has sort of a business, right, a B2B audience or, um, is going after that sort of professional market. And then, um, and then working with you know, speaking keynotes, I do keynotes all over the world. I've got two books. The first one is in its fourth edition. So this entire kind of process and brand <laughs> really has, you know, requires sort of its own team to help manage. And it's great. I mean, I, both of them go hand in hand. Um, they work together. And,
0: and I know you're never supposed to ask a lady her age, but how old are you, if you'll share oh, for the it's, guests? It's
1: okay. I'm 31. I'm My age has been... Very public for a long time, just because I've made you know a lot of the twenty five under twenty five and thirty under thirty lists and so forth. So yeah, my my age is certainly not a secret. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I distinctively wanted to point that out because before we hopped on the call, we were talking about one of the things that I appreciate about you and just absolutely love about you as a person is you have not let your age, you've not let Any other factor in your life deter you from achieving just incredible success in the online space as well as working with a number of top-level businesses and clients in the offline space? Uh, Too often we see excuses, and and obviously everybody has them and everybody can create them, but you're not the type of individual that uses those excuses, which I love. Have you always been a very proactive, go after what you want individual or did it kind of develop, uh, in college or or maybe soon after?
1: Um, so, well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that, Jake. I will say that I think that's always been my personality. And what I mean by that is I think perspective is everything in life. And so I've never, you know, people sometimes ask me like, what's it like to be a female in business or like, wow, you're a woman of color in business. I'm like, you know, I guess it's <laughs> funny. It's I, it, and I just don't. It's funny. I don't think about it that way. Or if I do, I've always seen it as an advantage because being a woman in business, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Groups that like specialize in mentoring you. Opportunities that are available. So everything that in my life, I've always seen as this is awesome, right? It's, it's perspective and even being young. And I think this was probably what I had the hardest time with, starting a business young and feeling like, oh my God, my age, like who's going to want to hand, you know, millions of their marketing campaign to like a 23-year-old <laughs> or whatever. Um, but funnily enough, very quickly I realized that even age could be an asset, right? When you're younger, clients wanted us because it's like, well, you're digital natives, you get this, you've lived and breathed this, like this is your domain. I mean, you didn't like – you have sort of an inherent understanding of this world um, and a fresh perspective, right? Um I think as you get more seasoned, the other thing is you've got lots of experience. You've been there and done that. So everything is perspective. And it's all about, I think, in that way, how you position it, how you feel about it, right? Even more than like how other people pick up on it. Um, so I think that's always been very important. And when it started when I was very young. I moved to this country when I was nine. And, um, you know, it's funny, I moved from India when I was nine to New York, and then to Texas. And I always joke that I had a harder time assimilating moving from New York to Texas than I did from India to New York. <laughs> 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 Culturally, it was, you know, moving to New York, the schools were so focused on like, it was so well-rounded. I felt like the education, there was arts and music and I, I just, there was a lot of um, emphasis on sort of diversity and smaller classrooms, just a different, it might have just been the school district that I ended up in, which was in upper state New York. And then coming to Texas and, you know, I, I love Texas. I love Dallas. I'm very much a, a Texas girl. <clears throat> Dallas is home for me. I've had some of the best teachers here, but the school's I found were so different. Like there was such an emphasis on sports and (laughs) athletics, which I know for someone like you, Jake is like awesome. Right. You're like, I mean, I call it the sports. I'm terrible at like anything remotely athletic. I have just, I'm just really bad at it. I mean, I think, you know, dance was the only thing that I sort of, um, was above average at, but everything else, it was just, it was so bad. And then, so it was funny. And I mentioned this because when I was in school, I think I found ways in which I could excel. So it was like, okay, well, you you know, it's kind of like make lemonade when you get lemons, but also you got to go maybe find some different fruit once in a while, (laughs) you know, that's more to your liking. And so I think just from a young age, I've always sort of sought out opportunities that I felt like areas which I would enjoy and excel at and learn. Um, like fourth grade, you know, they always joke about our generation being like the trophy generation, and they give an award for everything. And I remember because that year, like, they gave an award to every kid <laughs> like the entire fourth grade. But I loved the award they gave me. I thought was so peculiar, but the thing that I prized the most, and it was most curious. <laughs> So I guess they were like superlatives, right? Yeah. And, and so most curious in the fourth grade, I was like nine years old. I think that really defined so much of who I was. So it's funny, like as kids, we certainly have a personality, but I think we also kind of, you know, respond to the way the world treats us. And I was curious, but the more I kind of got pegged as, oh my God, she's always so curious, the more I developed into that, I guess would be a good way to put it, um, My sister always says that, you know, she like compares me to Dora the Explorer, (laughs) who has like her backpack and monkey and, you know, and I feel like I've traded that for like a laptop and a dog, but the concept is very much the same. I'm I'm such an explorer and I like learning things and I like, you know, for me personally, um, self development is a big thing, but not just for the sake of it. You know, for me, it's like, um, I always think about, you know, today, am I better, smarter, kinder. That's sort of my own metric for myself. So I've always been competitive, but never with others. I've always been very competitive with myself. Um, So like, for example, even in high school, I did debate. And then I moved from debate because I just found it a little antagonistic to oratory because then each competition I had to essentially surpass myself, right? Like, did I do better? Did I (laughs) surpass? Versus... The, the debate style, which and same thing in college, I was in business school, I got into McCombs. And then I probably one of the only people to switch out of McCombs business school into a different school just because McCombs is a very tough, it's one of the top 10 business programs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I remember my, my advisor being like, you know, I want you to think about this, Just switch out of business to communication. And I was like, no, I want to do it. And she, she wouldn't accept it. She said, I want you to take 24 hours and think about it. And I came back and I said, same answer. Like, <laughs> I to, you know, because the same thing, I found business school interesting. But there was such a, this competitive element of like, well, if you have something, I can't, right? Or this kind of mentality of like, to take rather than to grow or to, there's plenty. Like, I just, that's not a mindset I've ever operated with. So I switched to communications because I was like, wow, I get to learn and grow and all these things, but I don't have to feel that sense of like, you know, like I'm competing against people. Like, that's never been something that's, that's been a motivator for me. Like, I don't look at other agencies or other companies or entrepreneurs and think like, oh my God, I want that. For me, it's like, well, am I doing better than I was last week, last month, last year? which um, and that's my own metric.
0: That's I that's fascinating and I love that because that's a lot of of what we talk about because too often everybody has the mindset of it's me versus you and at some point you're wasting so much energy and focus staring at what someone else is doing that you're either going to get out of your lane or have no energy for your own. Where you it sounds like from a very wise standpoint at a younger age Learn to compete against yourself, um, which it takes most of us, myself included, longer in life uh, to develop that habit of me versus me and, and having that approach. So that's – I find that fascinating because that's something I did not know about you from a uh, – an earlier age. Now, with that, saying, maybe it's
1: because I'm just like a puny competitor myself. Maybe it's like easier.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, no. It, it, but it's not. The most difficult competitions are always with ourselves because it's too. It's so easy to look at others. It's so easy to compare ourselves with others. It's. It has to be very. You've got to be very honest with yourself to be able to look internally and evaluate how did I really do today what can I do better tomorrow when I'm serving my team and the relationships with people I have like what can I do to improve on where I was today and and that's a much harder conversation to have with yourself on a day-to-day basis than well so-and-so is doing this if I want to beat them I need to do why so no I I absolutely love it and, and find it fascinating Um, especially that you transferred out of McCombs school when so many people are like fighting tooth and nail just to get in. Uh, But it's from a a standpoint and a mindset that has obviously served you incredibly well because it's, you're looking at the bigger picture of things and what works best for you. Whereas most people might've taken that curiosity uh, award and it could have had the adverse effect of making them withdrawn and not, being that way at all for the rest of their lives because they they viewed it differently. Um, I love that. I, I want to ask you, because you have uh, staff members all over the U.S., because you're traveling all over the world, between speaking, writing a book, running an agency, how do you, from a mindset standpoint, keep control of all the juggling plates? And from an energy standpoint, how, what what do you do on a day-to-day basis or maybe a monthly basis that allows you to stay energetic and focused on all of those pieces and not feel burnout?
1: Um, I think it's easier when you love what you're doing. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't, the burnout thing is not very common for me. Um, it, and for me, and I think everyone's different, you know, like I recharge every day, like getting a good, good night's sleep <laughs> for me is, um, is everything, you know? And then I, then I feel refreshed. So yeah, I don't, I feel like it's different for me because I do love what I, what I do. And I just, my, my battery starts out like at a hundred percent every day and then goes to zero at the end of the night. It's also explains like, I'm not a partier. I, I go to bed, I'd say relatively early, but like, I, I, I'm not, um, I need more sleep than a lot more people do. Like I need a good eight hours um, at minimum. Like I've just accepted this about myself. And so I just think kind of knowing even how your body works and what you respond to and um, is, is very helpful. And so I think that's those things for me, like enjoying a good cup of tea, playing with my dogs. Like, um, and once in a while, of course, I, I love sort of getting away from it all, but, um, and and that does help, but I, yeah, I think it's just, it's different. It's also very nuanced. So it's not like I just feel burnt out. Like it'll be very specific. I may say, well, wow, I just really feel, um, you know, like physically I need to recharge. So then maybe a vacation is in order or if it's, you know, I just kind of feel like I need more inspiration. So maybe a conference is in order. So I try not to like lump everything into just burnout, but rather try to think about like which area I really feel needs recharging.
0: I love the fact that one of the biggest names in entrepreneurship and the online space is openly honest and admits she wa- she needs eight hours of sleep a night. I am all for sleep. <laughs> I am not for the three hours a night, four hours a night at all times hustle nonstop. So it's refreshing to hear that uh, that you can be successful and still. I mean, have I that. wish
1: I could be cooler, Jake. Like you know, we were at Social Media Marketing World, oh. and you know, there were like parties every night, and people went out and. I was so impressed that people would go out, stay out till 2 or 3 or whatever, and then they would show up to, like, the 8.30 session with Starbucks. And I just – I was so envious of those people because I'm like, man, I went to bed at, like, 11. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, like, having a hard time making my 10 a.m. session <laughs> and I'm supposed to be speaking. So I just – I mean, I think it's – if you can do it, that's awesome. I mean, I had a I've, – I've known other entrepreneurs like that uh, and they're just – I mean, wow! I, I wish I had that sort of superhuman strength, and uh, and unfortunately, I don't. So again, you know, you you work with what you got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right, and and you have obviously done that incredibly well. Uh, I want to close with a, a quick question for you: What advice you would have to a listener that they may be in their twenties, just now starting out their career, in a in a similar position to you, or. They may be older than both of us and and looking at their 40s and wanting to shift a career uh, from what they've done to possibly building something of their own. And having built something of your own, having written books and, and speak successfully, what characteristic or what trait do you think they should invest in developing in theirs that would best set them up for success?
1: Yeah, so a couple of things, you know, it's funny, and I, I, I don't, I don't think it really matters where you are in, in life so much. Um, I think you have to learn to see things as an advantage. I think it's very important to develop your narrative and figure out what that story is. Uh, my friend, like Dory Clark, I don't know if you know her mm-hmm. personally, Jake, uh, but Dory is one of my, like, my super close friends and colleagues, and, you know, she's got some great books on, on personal branding. And talks a lot about how to develop that narrative for yourself. Um, it's, it's just so important to be able to, um, to be able to sort of share eloquently what you bring to the table, no matter what your age is. And so I think that's key. I would say working on your communication skills doesn't matter how old you are or young you are. Um, I, like one of, I think my key advantages, honestly, in this world, and just sort of this, our personal branding world in some ways has been the ability to speak and speak on stage and, and engage an audience. And people will often say to me, like, Why, wow, you're you're a good speaker and I'll say, you know, it's really two things. One, knowing what I'm talking about, like I would suck if you gave me something I didn't know <laughs> what I was talking like of course, like I you know, knowing your topic I think makes a difference. But two, because I did oratory in high school. I mean I really credit that, you know, being able to get an early start in communication and, and learning how to talk to people. Like it sounds simple, but you know, <laughs> communication is challenging. So, um I just I think that's a big thing um so communication is always top of my list for anybody no matter what their age and, and constantly learning and getting better i mean it's a process it's not like one and done uh, the other thing i would say is in terms of starting a business is finding where and this is so important finding where demand intersects with your passion because if you really i know there's all this stuff about like just follow your passion and i think that's Kind of great, but like, what if that doesn't make you money? And there's nothing wrong with that. Then you have a hobby, right? That's yeah. cool. People can have hobbies. Um, but this is, I think this important to find out if you're trying to make money, build a company, what do you love that also has market demand? Because I will tell you that when I first started and I made sort of a list of the things that I loved, it was a ridiculous looking list. Like all these books, you know, all these things, He tell you like, okay, find out what you're passionate about do you want to hear like what was on my list? Yeah. Things that I loved? It's so ridiculous, but I still remember. Because the things on my list, Like I was like, all right, do you want me to make a list of things I love? What do I love? Uh, chocolate. Uh, <laughs> playing with my dogs. Reading. And I, I remember looking at this list and being like, wow, I am so... Insert expletive here. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how PG you like to keep your, your show, but... It was just clear that I was like, this is terrible. Like, who's going to hire me or what am I going to create that lets me, you know, just read and lounge? <laughs> and like, what kind of list is this? And it was just, it was so frustrating, too. And now it's so funny. It's because only in retrospect that I'm like, wow, I am doing the things I'm passionate about, which also extended to communication and journalism and technology. But it's not the first thing you think about when someone says like, oh, what do you love? You know, yeah. like. But it is, it, it's what I love, but also what I excelled at in school. And then there was market demand for it. So it's <laughs> so it's kind of like finding that, that sweet spot. I also just, I'm such a big fan of cross-collaboration. I think being able to merge two things together to create something new is where awesome stuff happens. And I mean, let's take your brand, for example, right? Just the the compete every day. You combine, I think, very unique fields like this, coming from an athletic standpoint, and then business, right? So, like, how do those principles overlap? And that's a very unique perspective that makes it something special. Um, and for me, it's it's been similar in that you know it's how do I take technology and communication and and merge those things because they are in in some ways distinct. Um, discipline. So, yeah, I, I just I feel like people who do really well are the ones that sort of are able to bring sometimes des- disparate industries or interests into one.
0: I love that. It, I mean, I, I just I love the fact because I'm I'm very much about pursuing a passion, but doing it in a profitable way. Otherwise, it is a hobby. Uh, which goes against so much (laughs) of what you see. Although if you could have made a career off of eating chocolate and writing reviews on different tastes of chocolate, I mean, that would have been a heck of a living.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because I I also have this thing for hot chocolate. Like I love hot chocolate, and I'm very picky about it. And my team wanted me to start another Instagram account and call it um, Hot Cocoa Girl. But <laughs> I thought that would ha- that I was like, I just don't think that's a good idea, guys. Like, the <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could be an so, influencer in the cocoa space, though.
1: Yeah, but with a with a moniker like that, you could take it so many ways. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm just no. <laughs> Uh, it's funny so yeah i mean so many ways i guess you know and and i think that's funny is so few people know this that when i graduated high school i actually thought that i would go to cosmetology school like i was considering not even going to college um because i loved cosmetology and i was you know i i it's funny because my parents were all for it like my parents were super supportive of whatever i wanted to do and um I ended up, I got a full ride, ended up choosing that college instead. I'm really glad. It was really funny because I think, you know, sometimes I think and I'm like, wow, my parents were really like, would have let me forgo like a full ride to college and do this instead. Like, <laughs> but, um, but I think they knew that no matter what I did, I would, because I compete with myself and I have sort of this philosophy, that I would have, worked hard to be top of my field, whatever it was, you know? Um, and uh, and I think I, it's funny because I think about, like, I see all these YouTube and I'm like, that could have been me. Like, I could have been one of these YouTube, <laughs> 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 like, here's how you do your makeup, you know? Um, which is just, yeah, it's kind of funny thinking about that. But, yeah, I think my parents sort of knew that, so they were always very, accepting and encouraging whichever route I wanted to go to. So who knows? Like there might be other brands and said, so I'm definitely a serial entrepreneur. I'm an ideas person. So I've got a few other companies. Even now I do stuff in real estate and, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, sort of where, what the next, I know five, 10 years will bring.
0: I love that. I, it's funny how life works out uh, sometimes, but that uh, I'm very glad you went the route you did. Uh, just from having the opportunity to know you and follow you for a while, so um, I'm appreciative of that. And I just I, I'd love to let people connect with you. Um, where can we go to sign up for your weekly newsletter uh, that I get and read every week and love on Friday mornings?
1: Oh well, thank you so much. That would be Friday Zen. And you can go to z N dot com to get that. You can also check out my site. We have two separate newsletters, and it's a it's called Take Five with Shema. Also goes out on Fridays, and that's at hyder S H A M A H Y D E R dot com. Awesome.
0: And I will be sure to link to the sh- uh, both of those in the show notes as well as your social media. So uh, you can hopefully gain a few new followers. And if you have any questions, tweet at her, say hi. Uh, she's got some amazing content online and even more so, she is an amazing person that's invested some time this morning with us. So Tama, so thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Jake. Pleasure to be here.
0: That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. I, I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just the, all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast we love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, and we want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week. Don't forget you can always tune into the show at betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com or we drop new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in.